Welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today, we believe and we pray that you will be inspired and your faith will be strengthened and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. About today's word uh, because I'm just gonna talk about my God and it's really amazing on uh, you know how he 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 actually deals with us. We all as humans, you know, we all have a nature and uh, we all uh, know who we are, right? We are taught on how to behave like a human. You know, do you know how what it means to be a human, right? You're born and your parents help you for a certain age and they teach you how to eat, they teach you how to clean yourself, they teach you how to dress up, they teach you how to uh, you know, talk to another person. As humans, we need air to breathe, we need sleep, we need food, and we know, we know everything about being a human, right? We have a knowledge of being a human. And being a human on this earth, we have the sixth sense. Right? Some of you are very doubtful about it. Yes, we all have sixth sense, right? And that makes us more special. We think beyond what other creations on this earth can think. But today morning, I want to talk about an expanded knowledge. An expanded knowledge, an extra memory power in us. You know, a memory card that's inserted in us. And what is this expanded knowledge? And as humans, we are so perfect in adapting to different natures. You know, some of you have left your hometown and who have come to Trichy, you've been adapted to this heat, to this culture, to the language here. So we are ready to learn about another person and adapt to themselves. And it's very important to do that because, you know, some of us mess up because we don't treat people according to their nature. Right? We mistreat them. We, we sometimes we don't understand who that other person is or what they are, what they don't like, what they like. And some, sometimes we mess up. But sometimes we also take an effort to learn about it and not adapt with it in marriage. That's how it works. Two people come together, they learn about each other, and they adapt to each other, and they live a beautiful marriage life. And it's really important to do that. But as Christians, but as Christians, everyone is doing the same on this world, doing, being a human, just being a human. But as Christians, there is something more that we got to know and live. There is an expanded knowledge that God is expecting us to have. And J.K. Parker, in one of his books, he says, What we are made for is to know God. What should be the goal of our life, what should you set your goal for yourself, is to know God better. You should know more about God. And also in Bible, it talks about the eternal life. The eternal life that Jesus want to give us. And what is this eternal life that Jesus want to give us? Is the knowledge about God. It's the knowledge of who your God is. If you turn your Bibles to John chapter 17 verse 3. It says now this is eternal life. That they know you. The only true God. Jesus Christ whom you have sent. If you think about eternal life, it's about living your life on this earth safe and, you know, falling into your grave safe and then going to heaven safe. That is not the eternal life that Jesus is talking about. He is talking about the knowledge that we gain about your God and the life that we live knowing who our God is on this earth. It's heaven on earth when you know who your God is, church. And this is the eternal life that Jesus is talking about. 
and 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 the person who thinks more of our god the person who thinks more of god will have a large mind than a person who plots around this narrow world the person who always thinks about who god is the person who has a desire to know who god is his memory or his knowledge about this world or how to lead this life is larger when the world is panicking with the pandemic i don't see any of any of any one of us were panicking about it right we were out there reaching out giving our free food to people and that's the larger mind when the world is surprised that something is happening we know who our god is we know what the word of god says so we are not surprised it expands your knowledge when failure when opposition when depression comes in your life the world may feel like they are going down but we will stand because we know who our god is amen so we are those people who have to take that extra care and that extra effort to know more of our god the subject of god is so vast knowing god benefits you more than him you know his, his the subject of god is so vast that we will lose ourselves in its immensity it is so deep that our pride will drown away in its infinity that you cannot boast about who you are when you know who your god is you cannot feel challenged by what the world is doing when you know who your god is that you will be so lost in who your god is that nothing in this world can shake us nothing in this world can threaten you do you agree with that do you agree with that and god has a beautiful nature as christians we all know who god is anything that is good anything that is awesome anything that is high anything that is perfect that is god but god is so much beyond on who we know who he is you know everything that is that has life on this earth is proven to have a nature right everything that has proven to have life that has a nature it needs to have an attribute you know an animal has a different nature of what it is and as humans we have different nature a tree is has life and it has a nature and god is so existing he's so much of life that he also has a nature that god also has an attribute and i think some of some of the time we forget this the god who is so much of of attributes and this whole world is created and our life is so much governed by his nature but but by what who he is the attributes of god it governs us and that's why we can never escape god that's why this world can never escape god that's why no matter what nations plan they cannot escape god they are trying to prove that god does not exist but he has created this world in so much about him and his attribute that none of us can escape god but what's the problem here is that we are living our life based on who we are again we know that we are governed we are created we are formed in the image of god and the bread that we have in our life it is his bread the breath of life yet we live our life on who we are church this morning i want to remind you church this is my prayer this morning that we will know who our god is and live our life based on who he is amen are you ready are you ready and it's so important to treat god for who he is amen in all of his attributes in all of his nature what is your response towards him 
Amen. It's very important to treat people according to who they are. When I was pregnant, you know, I was so sure and I was so determined, I was so stubborn that it is a boy. You know, and this is not because I hated girl babies. It's just because I hated pink. I'm this anti-pink person. You know, I had this, you know, intolerance towards pink. Anyone who's pink, I'm like, oh, no, that's not, you know. I'm that kind of person. And when people say, like, pink is girls thing, and I was like, God, I want a boy, please. You know, so, I, so what I did was in faith, I colored my, you know, my, my house in, in Bangalore. I colored my room in blue. And, and I was like, welcome, baby boy. And I bought all blue clothes. And everything, everything was, like, ready for a boy to launch. All right? And just, I gave birth, and then it was Zion Yada Ellis who came out, a girl, and, and, and so much pain and so much disappointment, but yet it was so wonderful to hold a new baby, and I was so happy. And just in two hours, and as I was just, I just slept and I woke up, but I know we put all blue clothes on her. She was like a boy baby, but she was a girl baby, you know, so we put blue clothes on her, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep. And then in two hours, I wake up. The whole water is turned pink. Like everyone who came to see her bought pink clothes, pink stuff, pink, 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 pink. And I was so disappointed. And I was like, that's fine, that's fine, it should be okay. And then Zion grew up, and guess what's her favorite color? Pink. And you come home and you see her room stuff full of pink. And she buys me gifts, and that is. And sometimes she wants to match clothes with me, and that is, gosh, it kills me sometimes. But you know what? I have to go with it. I have to treat her on who she is. You know, I have to appreciate on what her choices are. And I cannot make her live her life and her choice according to who I am, right? And I think this is the same thing that we have to do with God. When you want to do something, when you want to build your life, build it and do it according to who God is and not according to who you are. Because who we are is little, small, limited. But who God is, it's eternity. It's expanded. It's glorious. It's uncomparable. Amen? Amen? Today I'm going to put out four attributes of God and we're going to read and we're going to learn more about our God and we're going to take this in our heart. Are you ready church? Are you ready? Are you ready? Not to the person next to you and say, awake. I mean, stay awake, stay awake. We're going to get started. We're going to stay started. All right. The first attribute of God is his aseity. What is this aseity? Is a Latin word. It says ase. Ase means a is by and se means himself. So the aseity of God is the supremest or the most important attribute of God that God is by himself. And God is before anything else. He is the bay before anything else. I know whom you've been calling bay, but he is the real bay. He is before anything else. That there is no person who can say, I have seen God's birth. Or the world cannot you know, say like, okay, this is the day and time God came into existence. No. God was even before the foundations of this world. And he is before anything else. I don't know God has ever has an experience of saying, oh man, I was left out. I have no idea what's happening. Oh, they left me behind. They didn't give me an invitation. I had no idea. He never has an experience like that because he is before 
anything else. You might be wondering how is my future wife or my husband is you know, going to look like and God is like, I know. I've been there like I know. I'm before anything else. I've been there. And God never has a moment like, oh, and me, I missed it. There is no moment like that because God is before anything else. Now, this is the most intense and the most important attribute of God. But now, how are we going to respond towards this? How are we going to respond towards this? In your life, in your life, it's not about just praying, you know, knowing God is before anything else. It's not about just praying before you eat, praying before you inaugurate a house, praying before you start something. That's the way you honor God. That's the way we respect His presence and we ask His presence. But to know that God is before anything else is to know that He has walked your life. Whatever path and whatever season that you're going to go through, God has stepped into it. Whatever season that's waiting for you, God is saying that's planned. Whatever season that's waiting for you, God is saying that is tested. And God is saying, I'm waiting on the other side. I have seen it. I've been before anything else. Now just trust me and walk this life. Now just trust me and step out to this beautiful and immense nature of God, being Him being before anything else. All that you have to do is step in with trust. Trust this God. Trust Him. He's saying that everything that He's planned for your life, it test, it, it's tested and dusted. He's gone before you and he's laid straight all the mountains that's ahead of you. And all the deserts that we're going to go through, God has set up all the springs. It might look dry, but God is saying, I have been there. I have tested it and there are going to be springs. So the God who is before anything else, all that you have to do is trust him. Trust Him. Do not underestimate this nature of God by making your own plans and making the fear make you sit down and feel like, I don't think I can move on. I don't think my life has anything better on the other side. Trust this God who is before anything else. If you feel like I have to seek knowledge from most experienced person, voila, God is the only most experienced person He's been through the millennial generation. He's in this uh, Gen Z generation. He's in the alpha generation or whatever generation that was before. He has the experience. And whatever he's doing for your life, it is, you don't have faith. It is good. And whatever he has for your life, it is. And what is your response towards this aseity, this big nature of God is trust. Say, Lord, I trust you. And I'm going to step in faith. And the next attribute of God is his supreme authority. His supreme authority. Because he is the one to do the do. He is the only one who has the power to do things. Right? And in the history of Bible from generation, I mean Genesis to Revelation, if you go through that, there were so many miracles that's happened. There's so many things. And people, God, God has done so many miracles through him, uh, through people. And there are so many prophets. There's so many judges. And there's so many disciples. And so many warriors. But everything that they did was done through God. It was only done through God. Because only he has the authority to command the nature. To change the situation. By his words, everything will bow. 
He is the God who has the authority to say, there is nothing that I cannot do. You name it, there's nothing I cannot do. Is it your financial situation? There is nothing that my God cannot do. Is it your family situation? There is nothing my God cannot do. Is there a war between big countries? There is nothing that my God cannot do. No matter how big, no matter what strange things are happening, there is nothing that our God cannot do and he holds the authority to do things. But at the same time, if you look into the history of, you know, from generation, I mean, Genesis to Revelation, every big miracles that was made through the prophets, take Moses, uh, his story, you know, the biggest miracles in history, it's recorded, the 10 plagues in Egypt, you know, no one has ever witnessed anyone, anything like that. It was done through a man, Moses. But all that he did was he said, God, you know what? I don't talk well. I don't think I'm going to do this, but I'm going to just step in with faith. I'm going to step in in faith, and I'm going to see you do it. Any prophet, any, any, any king or any judges or any disciples you see in the Bible, all that they did was stepping in in faith. They only stepped in faith, and they did nothing. They did not nothing, anything with their power. You can go and research and read and you can look into anyone's story. They did not do anything. But they only stepped in. And who did it all? It was God. God is the greatest of the greatest thing and he does the smallest of the smallest thing. And church, what is your response towards this nature of God? What is your response towards this nature? the God who can do it all, what's your response towards this nature? Let me suggest you, step in in faith. Step in in faith. That's the only thing that we can do towards this awesome nature of God who can do anything. Just show the world that my God can do anything and just step in. When the people say, when the world say, hey, you can't do this, you're very weak, happily tell them, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm weak, I can't do it. But you know what? I'm going to step in because my God can do it. I'm going to step in and work it because my God, He can do it. Name it. He can create the things that has not even existed. The Word of God says, I can create even a newer thing that hasn't existed. Amen. Your response should be, God, I'm going to step in faith. I know you can do it. I know I can't do it, but I know you can do it. Church, God is expecting his people to step in faith. Throughout the Bible, God has been asking his people to say, go. God has been telling his people to say, go and speak. And God is saying, just go appear before the king. Just go appear before these people and just watch what I can do. And church, God is calling you to do the same. Step into places that you feel like that you cannot do anything. Step in there because God is ready to move through you. Go to people and step into their life and, and see what God can do through you. If you feel challenged, that's the place you mark your territory and go like, this is the place I feel challenged. This is the place I'm going to stand because my God is going to do something in and through me. Do not stand and do not describe your success or your progress with who you are. Just blindly step in. Just blindly step in and do things and see what the Lord can do. 
your response to this awesome nature of God is dependent faith. Do not underestimate his nature of doing anything. He can do the impossible. He can make all things possible. But we make him feel weak. Oh, God can do this. Well, you know, I'm not sure. Let me just pray about it. Wow. Let me just pray about it. And that's all God can do. And people don't see what God can do. Step in in faith and show the power of God. And he will use you. And he will move through you. And I think when we work through the power of God... And that's when we don't get tired. I've seen people who do so much and trying to prove themselves, trying to show Christ to the world with their own power. At the end of it, they're just tired. They're just upset that things are not working out because we're trying to replace God because we are not the one to do anything. I'm standing here and I'm not trying to convict you. I'm just standing here to just read what God has given me and the work of God will be done. If I'm trying to convince you and convict you this morning, I'll be super tired. And I'm going to fail in it because it's not my work to do that. Church and parents, if you feel like your children are so challenging and you cannot do it, of course you cannot do it. You cannot play God in their life. You cannot plan their life. I've seen parents who are so tired and so they have BP and sugar just because they're planning for their children. It's good we have good intention, but leave them to God. God is the one to do. And families who are waiting for salvation in your families, keep stand, stay within your family. And make sure you, you, you stay there in faith. God will move. God will move. Don't try 100 things and tire or don't get weird away. Just wait there and make your ground and make market territory. God will move because he is the God, the authority to do anything in this world. Step in faith. And that's why KCC actually as a church, we never get tired. You know what's the secret? You know why we keep doing things? The secret is we don't do anything. We don't do anything. All that we do is we just step out. Oh, it's pandemic. Let's go out. Let's go give food to people. Oh, oh, there's something happening. Let's step out. Let's do something. And we're just doing things. But everything that we were able to achieve as a small church, it's through God. And that's why we are never tired. Because we feel like we did not do it. God did it. So let's go plan a next, plan, next event. Let's go plan something else. Let's try to raise the church. Let's try to empower people. We keep moving on. When you allow God to do things in your life, you will move on. You will keep going and going and going and going because that is who He is. He cannot be contained. He does not have a limit. But if you're going to do it with our strength, we have a limit and we will stop. Amen. Your response towards this amazing authority of God is to step in. Today, this morning, if you have plans to start something for God, if you want to start like a prayer life, prayer group in your workspace, if you have a startup in mind, like, God, I want to do this for you. God, I want to be in this place. I want to step into this position in my life so that people can see you. Step in faith. Do it. Do it according to his will, but do it. God can shake things for you. Amen. Let's move on to the third attribute of God. Church, are you with me? Are you really? Can I talk like you? 
That's how you all are talking. I don't know if it's my ears. Are you with me, church? Yes. Awesome. The third attribute of God is He's a God of love. This is the most beautiful and the most perfect nature of God. And this is who He is. And God does not create anything under necessity but because to display His majesty and His love. God is an attribute where He does not require anything. He is like, He's got, I got it all, God. You know, He has everything and He is everything and He does not create anything or He does not do anything because He is in need of it. There is no such thing. That's the nature of our God. He has it all. He can name it. He can create it. And he does all this only to display his majesty and his love. You know, God is this person. You know, have you, have you uh, seen kids where there's so much in energy, you know, that they cannot stand? You know, with my daughter, you know, I love doing hairstyles for her. But trust me, I've got finger twists doing all that because she cannot stand you know, there's so much energy that she'll be like, mommy, mommy, mommy. You know, all, all parents, you know, they can tire you off because they have that energy and they cannot contain it. And God is the same where he has so much love in him that he is the God of love that he cannot stop loving you. That you cannot escape his love. That you cannot run away from his love. And God, you know what? God is not struggling to love you. He does not wake up every morning like, ah, oh, these people, I have to love them. It's not like how we do in marriage. God is not struggling. You know, He loves us. That's who He is. He cannot help it. God cannot help it, but He loves us. And God's love is not a feel-good love. The world, the love that the world is showing. It's not a feel-good love. You know, every love on this earth has its own nature. A mother's love is so different. It has its own nature. And a father's love is so different. It has its no, a husband's love. It has its own nature. A child's love, it has its own nature. A friend's love, it has its own nature. Not all love is the same. And God's love is also not the same. It's about who He is. And that's how His love is. It's not a feel-good love. But his love can break chains for you. His love can remove curses for you. His love can wash your sins. His love will fight for you day and night. His love is something that can lose its own identity to give you a new identity. His love is something that bears all things. This love is something that forgets all your sins and that's the love of God because that is who he is that is who he is church this morning I really want you to understand God loves you even in your sinful life if you are going through some temptation if you feel like that you are in some secret sin something that you're battling some addiction let me tell you today there is no other solution for your redemption apart from the love of jesus i want to strongly tell you god loves you i want to look into your eyes and say god loves you he loves you even if you're a failure he loves you 
Even if you're a disappointment in your house, he loves you so much. Even if you feel like there's nothing good that's going to come out of me, God is saying, hey, I love you. I love you. You cannot escape from his love. And if there's another solution that you want to give to your friend who's struggling in different things, do nothing. Just give them God's love. This love can uproot things. This love can destroy the evil spirit. This love can begin new life. This love can transform things. It's not about this heart or this heart that just looks pretty. It's not a pretty looking love. It's a powerful love. A love that can change things. And today, I want you to just put your hand on your heart. I want you to just put your hand on your heart. And I want you to tell yourself, hey, God loves you. God loves you. So deep, so intense. It's never changed. It's never changed. If you feel like, God, I'm not worthy. I'm so sinful. God is saying, I love you. I love you. And I think, church, some of us, we forget this love. Sometimes this love is so misunderstood. This love looks so incomparable. His love is so undeniable. His love is so uncontainable. That's who he is. But you know what? Sometimes this love becomes so impractical. This love looks so, uh, you know, uh, forgetful. This love sometimes feels like it's unapplicable. This love feels like it can be replaced. This love is something like it's hard to understand. You know why? It's because that is who we are. It's not because that's who God is. It's because who we are. That is who we are. If you feel like I'm not able to feel God's love, please check with yourself. His love is so vast and it's so much available. And if you feel like it's so impractical, please become practical. Because God's love is so practical. And this is how we have been displaying God's love. Shall we go to the previous slide? Shall we go to the previous slide? Just, just take, the, take, take a look and see. God's love is incomparable. It's undeniable. It's unfathomable. It's uncontainable. Right? Let's go to the next slide. And this is how we are displaying his love. It's unapplicable. You can't understand. It's so hard to understand if God really loves me right now. Does God love me now? Does God love me now? It's saying, hey, it's for eternity. It's forever. Don't display God's love so weak. It cannot be forgotten. We replace his love, but it is irreplaceable. Amen. That's what God's love is. But we are displaying it differently, church. Now, what is your response towards this awesome nature of God? What is your response? How are you going to treat this God of love? Let me tell you. Don't run away from it. Don't run away from it. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Because God has created you in a way that you can enjoy his nature and his love. Everything that was created by his hands were created to receive his love and his majesty. Do not lose that opportunity. Every day sit and say, God, fill me with your love. You know what? I have fallen short of your glory, but you know what? Shamelessly, I'm going to come back. I know I've done this stupidest thing, but you know what, God? I want to come back. I'm sorry I let you down, but you know what? I'm going to come back. 
you know what i betrayed you i i actually denied you but you know what god i know you love me so i am gonna come back to you because you love me your love for god and god's love for you can never be changed and it should never change god's love net doesn't change but we change amen your response towards this nature of god is to say i will never run away from it and i will keep coming back i will keep coming back in jeremiah chapter 13 verse 11 it says i have put my people like a belt around my waist so that they will cling to me it's saying that god has put you around his waist like a belt so tight that it cannot be taken away and he's saying i'm holding you so tight i'm holding you so tight cling to this god people cling to him stay attached to him and god is saying i want to cling to you would you cling to me stay near to him stay dear to him first bonds if you feel like you don't feel loved god loves you <laughs> he can make you feel special If you ever feel forgotten if you feel like I'm not a special one forget about it God loves you cling to him and he wants you to enjoy and taste his love Amen Amen shall we see the last attribute of God Okay He is a God of life and he is the master of harvest Can we read that he is a God of and he is the master of harvest God does not do empty places. He does not live among the lifeless. The f- he does not live among the fruitless. He is the master of harvest. He is the master of new beginnings. He is the master of new life. He is the God of life. He is a God of fullness. He is a God of perfection. That is who he is. He cannot see anything that is idle. He cannot see anything that is empty. That's why the world was howl and dark and empty. And when God came, it became this beautiful earth. That is who he is. When he is walking, there is there is life. And when he is speaking, the biggest star appears. And through his words, he commands nations. And through his words, he destroys nations. He is a god of life and there is so much life in him and you know what he is also a god of harvest. He would do he would create something and he said multiply and be fruitful. He did not say he did not create anything and just tell them enjoy. God said multiply and be fruitful. I don't know why God loves multiplication. You know God loves to see things increase. He wants things to be in double portion. He's saying I am more. And that's who God is. It shows his nature, right? That he is so much more that he wants more. Right? He cannot be emptied. And he's saying I want more and more and more. And what is our response towards this God who wants a harvest? Who wants more? If you see the parable of the uh, talents, uh the master gives five coins five coins and one coin and and in this person first two they go and they multiply and they come back and the third one is so no so safe about his coins and he is the one who was punished the ones who increased pleased the 
master and the, and 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 in that parable if you carefully notice he says you know i'm a master who reaps where i have not sowed even if i haven't sowed it there you know i will harvest there you know i will reap there but yet you did not do it what if god is looking at us and asking this question you know i'm a god of power you know i'm a god of life but why didn't you make my glory or why didn't you let people see that why didn't you come back with the fruit and this our god and if you if you uh, read uh, matthew chapter 7 verse 20 it says your life is described by your fruit your life is not about how you do things it's not about your deed you will not be known by how you look you you can fool the world by how you appear how we talk and how we do things we can fool the world but not god god is saying you are known by your fruit alone done full stop we cannot mimic things and say god please this is me look at me no god is saying where is your fruit where is your fruit and how are you going to give back how are we going to give back i i, I know i kind of found something so interesting and i want to read uh, us us to read through this in mark chapter 12 you don't have to read this is a known story uh where uh you know all the teachers of law and the pharisees they come to jesus and they want to uh, test him and they go like jesus tell me is it right to pay the tax and jesus being so clever he knows their heart and he shows and tells them show me a coin and he asks them whose seal is on the coin and they say it's the seal of the caesar and god is saying then give it to him okay if it's the seal of the caesar give it to him all right now i want you all to check your forehead and see if you feel like there is any seal on you do you guys feel any seal on you no you say no is it yes or you're like okay what is she going to say Let's all turn our Bibles to Revelation chapter 14. Let's read from 1 to 3. Revelation chapter 14 from 1 to 3. All right? Shall we all read this together, church? Right? All right. Let's go. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him was 140,000 having his father's name written on their forehead. Next slide. And I heard a voice from heaven like a voice of many waters and like a voice of loud thunders and I heard sounds of harpists playing their harps. a song and sa- they sang a song it was very new a song before the throne before the four living creatures and the elders and no one could learn the song so except the 140,000 who were redeemed from the earth now who do you think are these people only ryan is like it's me it is us and you know what We have the seal of the Father on us, guys. If you want to get a tattoo, there's a tattoo on you already. It's invisible, but you have it. It's the name of the Father. 
and you know what it's it's so clear that it is us because we are singing the song that no one can understand when you're singing oh happy day happy day you wash my sin away the old testament people are like what like what do you mean he washed your sin away i was the one washing i was the one shedding the blood like what do you mean we are so special that we sing the song of redemption that no one on uh, on heaven can understand it what a beautiful opportunity how special are we and we have the seal of the father on our forehead now you know what you belong to god what belongs to caesar belongs to him and what belongs to god belongs to him now do you think it's my life it's my rules it's my way can you still say that Yeah you can't it's beautiful you you can have your own style and God is like okay you can be as you are but you know what you belong to me we cannot take what belongs to God and do it in our own way and you know what our life belongs to him and when we go back and tell him God here's the life you gave me and he's going to look at your hand and go like why do you come empty why do you come empty where is your fruit where is your harvest where is that things that talents that i gave you where is it have you multiplied it i know you belong to me you're coming back but why have you come empty he is a god of harvest shall we all turn our bibles to colossians chapter 1 colossians chapter 1 and let's read verse 6 colossians chapter 1 verse 6 which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you have heard and knew the grace of God now paul is clearly talking it's about bearing forth fruit it's about you showing the fruit of your faith it's showing the fruit of your trust it's not about your deed church it's not about your deeds we can go feed 100 people we can go save 100 people but that's not bearing forth fruit what is bearing forth fruit mean today let's get this let's let's get this right okay let's get this right you know bearing forth fruit is not us doing deeds to attain eternity but bearing forth fruit is you changing lives you not converting people not converting people but transforming people god is not asking us to convert when people come and say why are you converting people to christianity me and pastor me tell them we don't convert we don't want to convert but we want to transform them because what we speak has life and they will be transformed into new life have your life transformed another life has your behavior transformed another person's behavior have your ways and have your life as your talks transformed another person's life if no then you are standing with an empty hand you are standing with an empty it's good to do good things but is it changing lives we are so happy with the fruit of the spirit right we are so happy with the fruit of the spirit you know all the 10 fruit of the spirit no one stopped me 
we only have nine guys come on i don't know if you can even say all nine can we yeah i'm sure some of you can that's great bearing forth fruit has nothing to do with having the fruit of the spirit because it's the fruit of the spirit and not yours but we go like i have the fruit of the spirit i have love i have peace i have joy i'm so self controlled and god is like good for you but now where is your fruit where is your fruit where have you harvested church where have you sown your seed let's start from there have you sown your seed in your family have you sown your seed in your classroom have you sown the seed in your friends life have you even sown a seed to see a harvest if we haven't what are we going to reply to the god of harvest what is your reply to this god of life are we going to stand before him and go like god i'm sorry and i think god is going to take that for an answer what is your response and do you know your life belongs to him and how are we even living that life how are we even living this life there's a say that's trending it says if if the world hates you because of god that's okay but if the world hates god because of you now that's a problem If the world hates you because of God that's totally fine it's good but if the world hates God because of your ways and your life we are in danger now that's a big trouble if we have to change certain things that does not display who God is today i want us to repent and change in the name of Jesus be it your family uh, traditions be it your family or genetic things whatever it is if it does not display who god is and if it's stopping you from bearing forth fruit today let's repent and walk away from it walk away from it because church it is so dangerous to go before the throne of god and stand empty handed and god jesus is saying many will come and say lord lord i did this and did that but his response is away from me you evil doers i don't know you the master knows his faithful servant who does the will of the father who does the will of the father the more you do the will of the father only then you are recognized yes god loves you but if you cannot live according to the way that he wants us to live or how we were created you will not be recognized we will not be recognized church let's show forth the fruit of god and let's finish with this let's all turn our bibles colossians chapter uh, 1 and from 9 to 10 let's read both of these verses and now reading this verse you, you know everything that i spoke might make sense let's just read this together so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you we asked god to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you a spiritual wisdom then the way you live will always honor and please the lord and your life will produce every kind of good fruit 
all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Amen. This two verse tells you all. Paul says, church, I don't want anything else for you, but I want you to grow in the wisdom of God. Know who your God is. Take every effort to know who this God is. And he says, the more you know him, you will know his will. And when you know his will, you will bear every good fruit. Now, this is the life cycle of a Christian. Where you know God, know his will, and you bear forth fruits. And again, you know more about your God, you do his will, and you... And again, you... Come on, help me, guys. Know more about your guy, God, do his... Bear more... And again you will you will do his and you will and again you will do his and bear forth shall we all stand up to us